who do people say that I am? And then, but who do you say that I am? What do people say versus what I, I as a person who has come to know him, what do I say? It is an interesting thing, a couple times a year, because not only on the, during the weekdays, but also on Sunday, we read this gospel, we'll hear this gospel. So on Sunday, uh, there were many people who, who go to a Sunday Mass only, they will hear about this question, but all of you who are here for daily Mass and all of us, all of you who are watching us, you have an opportunity to respond to that question twice, at least maybe even three times, because also we sometimes we hear it in another, in, from another gospel. Who is this Jesus? When it comes to catechesis, when it comes to those who teach others in Christ's name, there's a, a recommendation, not only recommendation, but a type of invitation. It says, unless, unless you know him personally, you will not be able to speak much about him. Unless you know him personally, unless you have come to know him as the one who is your Lord and our God, is your Lord and God, you will not be able to speak because it is from the, from the heart that we know something that we know dearly something you know in a deeper way that we're able to to convincingly manifest they'll be able to give witness to if somebody falls in love if you see a guy or a girl falling in love you know that they fell in love you know them you see what they talk what they talk about they talk about each other and they want to spend time with one another so therefore you know that to fall in love means all of a sudden the world, which is you know very large around you, becomes a focused world on the people that you know, that you want to spend time with, that you delight in, experience that love. In many ways, it's the same thing with our Lord. You know, if you have seen someone who became a convert and he's so much on fire with the love of the Lord, you'll be talking every place, at work, wherever, because he or she wants to share that good news that is in their heart. And, and they want to let you know that there's something special that took place. And it's wonderful to hear that. But for all of us who have been followers for many years, and you know, have, you know, we have responsibilities to carry and things that we do, and often enough our faith becomes more private. So we talk to the Lord, we speak to him directly, we, we ask him for things, and we don't share as much we don't share, perhaps, you know, because we know the people and, and you know that some people just don't want to listen about that. They don't want to listen about, you know, the Lord or, or our faith. And so we sort of kind of get, get sort of uh, uh, kind of restricted in what we say. We put limits. But the, the fact is still there that if he's the one, if he's the one in whom the future, our future rests, in whom the one our future is guaranteed, then it's not just for me, but also for everyone else. There's no other heaven. There's only one heaven. There's only one mediator between God and ourselves, and that's our Lord Jesus. There's no other way to enter 
you know, the, 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 the place of future glory. There's only one, there's no other. And so for us, it's sometimes we feel that we kind of divide our life to this portion of life here on earth and then the other portion beyond the grave to make sure that this life on earth is well well um, you know, suited or prepared or however we wish it's comfortable enough. Yes, we need to take care of, of the roof of our head and food that we have and families that we have. But, but if we overdo it here, then what we are saying basically is that the future life doesn't really mean that much. That the Lord Jesus who came, who was born, who suffered and died, who rose for us, he doesn't mean that much to us. Or it's at least maybe secondary, only maybe we call upon him when the difficulties strike. So what the invitation is here today for us is who is he for us? Who is he? What do you, what do, do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter responds, and not only the Mark's gospel, but also here in St. Matthew's gospels, he says, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you're the one we long for, for, for hundreds or thousands of years. You are the one who's, who's our savior, redeemer. You are the one who is able to free us. You are the one without whom we cannot really live because there's so much conflict. There's so much, you know, uh, evil that surround us, you know, because the reason is that, that, that ignorance of Christ, ignorance of his mission, ignorance of our sinful condition creates an environment in the world in which we live that this is how things are. You know, the real politic or the, the realism in, in, in politics, realism in, in different types of social structures, you know, we, this is what we do. But people do not realize that, that the brokenness, the original sin which is with us, needs to be forgiven, needs to be re redeemed, and he's the one. There's no other, because as long as, as as we do not allow the Lord to come into our hearts, as long as He's not really with us, then then we are not we're not happy because there's so much confusion, there's so much you know pretense uh, sometimes of of a, you know the type of of blindness which seems to exist, and so this is why when we say who is Jesus for us, we have to say right, we have to start from the beginning. I need you. I am a broken, I'm a sinful person. I can't coordinate things. I can't control things. I can't do everything. I may be able to do some things, but I'm not able to do everything. And I need you. You're the one. And who are you? You are the son of God. You're the one who created all this, this universe. It is through you that came into being. It's the Father's love that sent us, sent you here among us. So who, who, who is this Lord? He's the one to whom he promises us to give us everything beyond the grave. But not only that, he promises to give us here something on earth, a type of understanding, joy. You know, um, people who love the Lord, they're very happy to talk about him to one another. They're happy to share with one another the graces they receive or the unusual things that happens to them, they, they are glad to share. But to, to say by the same token, you know, the sometimes the, the difficulties of life, the physical pains and sufferings and illnesses and, you know, and all those things, and, and, and then the infidelity, 
you know, in, in families, uh, you know, drug addiction, all kinds of other things, they really drag us down. And so that happiness seems to be reduced instead of encouraging us to pray more, you know, instead of encouraging us to seek the Lord's grace even more, we get depressed so we don't even pray as much. We don't even talk to him as much or we sort of disappointed in him that he says, you should be with me, you should have helped me or you should have done this or that. But at the same time, we have to, we'll never, we can never forget that he is the one who saves us. He's the one who has, who has been given to us as the very, the very power, the very uh, means by which we can attain, lift up, lift off of ourselves the burdens. Because when we accept him, when we talk to him, when we share things with him, our burdens become lighter. And perhaps even, you know, as, as Jesus says to us, even burdens may be not only lighter, but maybe even sweet. And so who is this our Lord? Well, he is the one. He's the one, as the Archangel Gabriel spoke to Our Lady, his name is Jesus. His name is the one who saves. That saves us from, from the trappings of this world, saves us from evil. In his name, we already know who he is. That's why by his name, when we call upon him, Jesus, it means, yes, you are the one who saves. I call upon you. You are my savior. He is, he is my, the one who, who offers himself. He's also, as today, Saint, Saint uh, Peter uh, says, who are you? He says, you are the Christ. You are the one whose way was, was awaited you are the one whom humanity has been waiting for. You're the anointed one, the Christ. But even Peter today, yes, you're the son of the living God. Jesus, uh, Jesus acknowledges to Peter. He says, God, the Father has revealed this to you. But then when the Lord says, the minute the Lord says, but the son of man, what does he have to do? He has to suffer greatly, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed. And on the third day he rise again. And Peter immediately says, no, this is not, this is not who you're supposed to be. Which means that St. Peter rejected suffering, rejected anything that requires from us a carrying of the cross, carrying of the difficulties. And it's for us too. The Lord is Lord as long as everything goes well. But if things don't work well, but you know, the Lord is inviting us to be his followers. If you wish to follow me, take up your cross and, 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 and follow me, share with me the journey. And even if it is suffering, share with me because the suffering will bring salvation. Ultimately, this life here on earth is so short. And, you know, the older we get, the shorter it seems. And because, in fact, it is shorter to look forward to. But the fact is this, that, that this life goes so quickly by. And, you know, and, and we have whole eternity to delight in the joy of God. Holy eternity. Why not carry the cross here? Why not carry the cross for one another? Try to be mediators of peace. Try to reconcile people. Try to help as much as we can in whatever way we can. Why is this worth it? And even if people don't acknowledge, even if people don't care what we do, it doesn't matter. The Lord is our reward. People sometimes say, well, it's, this person is in great. You know, he doesn't care, you know, no matter what I do for him or for her, there's no, seems to be no response. And so we can get discouraged. But at the same time, look what the Lord has done. We have been so ungrateful to him. And yet he has loved us and he has carried the cross for us and he died for us. And this is the, the measure of who is he.
for me. He's not only the example, but he's the power but which I am able to carry the cross is the power by which I'm able to even rejoice in my suffering because I carry them for someone else. I wish to carry them for someone else because I want to alleviate the sufferings of another. There's a, he's not only, you know, Jesus, the one who saves, he's not only the anointed one uh, awaited, but he's the only son of God and there's no other. He's the only mediator between God and ourselves. In him, we have salvation. In him, we have freedom. In him, we have knowledge. We, in him, we have the power to be children of God because by his uniting ourselves with our human nature, he transforms our human nature and is capable of, 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 of being, being children of God, being, the, being, you know, being children and being the son and daughter of God because we are, have our sonship in him who is the son of God. But he's also the one who has risen from the dead. We know what our future shall be like. He is the one who shows us that we shall rise. We'll have the body like he had his body, which is glorified body, not, not restricted anymore by laws of nature. Is able to move through doors, lock places, doesn't matter. This is what we are, this is what we shall have, the glorified body, the glorious body. And, you know, this is why he is so important to us, because he has show, shown us the way. And then he's teaching us the way to attain heaven is by love, by love, loving God, loving one another, forgiving one another. We pray the Our Father, the prayer that he has taught us, how to trust in the Father, how to seek and desire his will, how to seek and desire his kingdom. And, and all the things that we need to do to honor him, to sanctify his name. And also, you know, he's taught us that we are to call upon him for our daily sustenance, daily needs, for forgiveness of sins, for being protected from the evil one. All the things which the Lord has manifested to us. And above all, what he wants us to do is to realize that he's with us. He's with us here in the Eucharist. That is his truly true body and blood that he is the nourishment for us. How can we feel ever be abandoned by him? How can we ever feel that we do not have the possibility of receiving him, welcoming him into our hearts, into our homes? How is it possible? Only because we have been pre too preoccupied and we have forgotten or we're too afraid perhaps even to gather in church because of, of, of a virus, whatever it may be, what's holding us back. What, what is holding us back from being united with him, from coming to know him? I know, and, and I know that all of you who are here, you have chosen, you're here, you wish to be, those who wish to follow. Yes, and you want to honor him. But it's the many of our brothers and sisters who have kind of become lukewarm. So they, they do not have this capacity. I remember I remember my, my father who, because of great difficulties, he began to pray a rosary each day. I remember my aunt who, for all the five of us who were you know, siblings, she would use, every, you know, every, she would pray a rosary and she would include each one of us in her, in her decade. And she did it for years. And I'll have to look at my brothers and sisters, my brother and my sisters. We have been protected in many ways from the Lord. You know, the, the years that she prayed for have an effect, long-term effect. It's not just when we pray that things happen okay or so, but it is also the future. 
investment investment it's you know how many grandparents are here or maybe not here but who are participating in this eucharist um is it possible that we do a little bit more you know maybe perhaps praying a rosary or chaplet for grandchildren or, or children to protect them because they you know they they don't seem to have the capacity right now because the secular world has sort of kind of pushed them out and they get so distracted by things. So it's an invitation. And this is one of those things which used to be the mission of the elderly. The mission of the elderly is to intercede, to offering their sufferings, uh, the you know, of the heart, physical, and to, to pray, to pray. That was the mission always. That's why, you know, it was the elderly who seemed to have the greatest effect on the family because of their investment in prayer. Maybe then today, when we are, the Lord is asking us to come to know him more, who is he for us? And when we see, hear James saying, look, if you're a follower of Christ, don't be stupid, don't be foolish. Don't just think that somebody has a lot of rings and be, looks great. You say, okay, here, great, sit on this wonderful table near the table of the of the elite. But, but he says, no, the Lord chose everyone, and especially the poor. He cares for them more, which means you should just do the, the opposite, not the way the world thinks. And I do have to say, I know that, you know, in, in the church, we have to say is this that those who are chose, chosen leaders, you know, and this has been always, has been always that it doesn't matter what type of background you come from, whether you're a priest or a bishop or in some form of leader, it doesn't matter what background, it doesn't matter. Is it, do you love the Lord or not? That's the criteria. And if you love him much, if you love him, then, 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 then the Lord chooses because it's the Lord who chooses people. And secondly, <clears throat> maybe a third, because today we honor the uh, the seven uh, servants of Our Lady. Uh, they are known as the Congregation of Servites. Um, they were founded in 1233. They were very, it was an interesting group of men. There were seven young guys, there were seven. Uh, they they all belonged to this sort of a guild in, in Florence. They were businessmen, by the way. Florence was always business-oriented, so they had quite a bit of resources for themselves, you know, as good business people. And yet they, 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 they signed up to be a members of this guild of Our Lady. And and somehow they begin to get together and, and begin to pray, pray together. And ultimately what happened is that Yes, some were married, a couple of them were, became widowers for some reason, you know, the Lord, only Lord knows. But the seven of them, and they got together and, and began to pray together, first not too far away from Florence, and ultimately they, they ended up and going to, uh, to uh, you know, not too far from Florence, they built a church, a hermitage, and their whole life was life of prayer under the guidance of Our Lady. They wanted to, to honor her. And you know, the, the one who wrote the story about them was someone who knew the last person, whose name was Alexis uh, out of seven. And he says, and he kept on telling him what the original seven looked like, what did they do, and how they let go of things. See how they let go, first of all, of, of their wealth, how they chose Our Lady, how began to pray more and more and do penance for others. And, you know, the religious community, the Servites still exist. And 
I happened to go to one of their churches. I had to give ta a talk, and all of a sudden, I was invited by the Servites and in Chicago. And I walked in, and there's a beautiful statue of of, of Our Lady, it was a a lady of of, of sorrow sorrows, um, and and it was just a very very nice place. And then eventually, we invited one of the Servites to give us a retreat. And he kept on talking about Our Lady. And I says, how can someone speak about Our Lady for several days, you know? And he seemed to have enough topics to cover. It seems like, like he was able to, to share many, many things. And it was just, just very nice to hear the witness, an older priest, an older Servite. So may the Lord then today on the special day for them, the day of their foundation, and 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 the, the departure from from this world, the last survive, that they may be and they grow in grace. They may be witnesses to Our Lady, who um, is the mother of Jesus. She's the mother of the Son of God. She's the mother of us all. May under her guidance we come to know the Lord more, love Him, serve Him, and attain that fullness of life in glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.